0: welcome back to the uh, big show and now i feel like i'm blowing into the metaphorical conch shell to gather the troops they have gathered maybe it's kind of like the newsmen unite and indeed it is time for the late summer edition the regathering of the superheroes of politics the war room let
1: me be perfectly
0: clear. Putting out misinformation. Did we hear that. Misleading politics. It's really important here. Spreading it online. Unequivocally. The War Room. Our Tim Powers, chairman of Super Strategies, managing director of Abacus Data. Oh, Tom Mulcair, CTV political analyst and former NDP leader. Oh, St. Velgie, political mm-hmm. campaign strategist, partner at Northweather, formerly worked with the Calgary mayor in the Alberta. Hello,
1: gentlemen. Oh, hey, Do- Evan. I, I like that you're. I like that you i like that you have not given up on trying new ways to intro us. This is what I like: is is that you haven't rested no. on your laurels, Evan. You're, yeah, you're I'm going to say the, the wolf in, whistle or whatever that was. In my
0: um, uh, summertime heat wanderings. I was working on my conch shell impression for a long time. And, and I was thinking to myself, Tom O'Care has been introduced across this planet, but has he ever had a conch shell imitation? No, and the not. answer is no. This not. is
2: the first time. This is the, definitely the first time. Right. And I'm so thrilled.
0: By the way, I, I also want to mark this as the last time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't feel it? You didn't you feel didn't it? Feel I didn't <laughs> either. I didn't feel it either. I just wanted to let you know. I'm glad. I'm glad we're on the same page. Uh,
0: before we dig into the politics, let's talk because we are. We it's nice to regather. I'll start with you, Tim. How's the summer been, uh, Tim Powers? What's what's the news of the summer? How have you? Usually, Tim's like transformed on some kind of. He's like I ran the mountains of Peru or something. <laughs> what 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 happened?
3: Well, uh, I enjoyed your story yesterday of the toilet seat. Uh, that was very good. By the way, I'm with you. You put the toilet seat up, and then you put it down. That was quite entertaining. I know I did run this weekend in Tom's province, the Mont-Tremblant half marathon. Nice. My hips are coming My hips are coming back together. <laughs> wow. was, and uh, taking
0: a week off and another okay, week Okay, so you did the half marathon. Uh, um, uh, Politics of P, also probably more letters on that than anything else we've done. Uh, Tim, what was your time in the half marathon?
3: Evan, it was a mountainous run, so it was only 2.06, but you know what? I was
0: pleased with that. 2.06 is good. Okay, Tom Mulcair. Now, can you talk? <laughs> Usually Tom's done something. I know you, you might have some. You can go to the personal. You can go with the personal development. You can give us an update on the ponytail, anything. <laughs>
2: Well, I'll tell you that uh, Tim was in our neck of the woods because the whole family lives in the Laurentians. And uh, my older son, uh, Matt, who's been a police officer for well over 20 years, is now in charge of the police at montrand So you were in his Ah. uh, bailiwick, Tim. So he told me that everything went fine. He kept an eye on you, but he said it was fun.
0: He did say there was one guy straggling in at 206. The police were worried about uh, Zane... well, that was
2: 206 a.m. That, that was...
0: <laughs> and, and now we get to the perambulations of Zane Zayn.
1: Zane, uh, it just got back from uh, climbing the mountains of Peru. So, you know, it is, uh, uh, the UK, I just got back actually last week. Um, first time for me spending some time in the United Kingdom, my wife. Uh, and her parents-in-law have some some history there, some time that they've spent there. So it's fun to see that place through my very touristy eyes as I drag people to the UK Parliament tour. And then also through their eyes as they kind of showed me what a, a generation living there was uh, was like.
0: Just imagine being married to Zane. Let's go on summer vacation to the Centre of Power in London and we'll go to see Westminster. That was fun. Uh, by the way, I did. By the way, the Peruvian mountain thing is not metaphoric. Tim has actually run the Machu Picchu marathon, so I just want to throw that out there in the in a spirit of machismo. Uh, oh. How important, Tim? Well, I'll start with you, since you're 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 the mountaineer here. Oh. Uh, I think it's the the testimony about allegations of political interference in what is the largest mass shooting in Canadian history in uh, April 2020 in Nova Scotia. Superintendent Campbell and and the Communications officer of the RCMP Scanlan, who essentially back up their testimony that they believe that the RCMP commissioner, Lucky, was trying to politically influence them at the behest of the liberals on their gun legislation to actually reveal information about the mass killer's weapon. I thought it was compelling and I don't think we should let this drop. How significant is this and what should happen now?
3: I entirely agree with you. I mean, look, uh, here's uh, Superintendent Campbell, who has stayed consistent to his word, uh, stood there uh, and talked about the oath he took 30 years ago, and doesn't waver, nor did uh, did Leah Scanlon. I don't know how this can be dropped. It's not. You know, Brenda Lucky had appeared before that committee already. I think she's got to come back. or, Or Bill Blair, they've got to answer this. This does look like the political interference that um that uh, that superintendent campbell alleges it. This, this can't go away i know the conservatives brought it up again yesterday i think Ra- raquel doncho was out tweeting about it and talking about it and yes it's the you know the last few weeks of summer but th- this is substantive this is serious and this is problematic if what superintendent campbell says is true
0: totally agree and and, mm-hmm. and i think the, this is this burns down things um uh mr Mulcair. where you stand on yeah that?
2: well i'll say evan that i've spent more time in opposition than in power i was a minister for a few years in quebec city but i have to tell you that i know when an opposition is gelling and working well and when it's not and i have to say that going all all the way back to the we charity scandal i've been watching the conservatives and i've been watching them fall flat on their faces they're 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 so angry all the time if your only pitch is a hard ball to the head The batter just learns to step back from the plate. The Liberals are brilliant at this stuff. I can remember Trudeau's chief of staff just gouging the the Conservatives who came at her in the We Charity scandal. And it was almost over from that day on. This one, I couldn't agree more with you, and I couldn't agree more with Tim that this is a really serious issue. And, uh, Evan, I took note, you know, when you said, I don't think we should let this thing drop, we being people who comment and analyze and talk about this stuff in the media – I don't think that the opposition should let it drop. Now, their argument will be, well, come on, we've dragged them into the parliamentary committee and we're doing all this stuff. But there's no liftoff. There's no heft. There's no structured approach to show exactly to the average Canadian why this is so serious. And at this stage, it's been around for weeks and weeks now. I think that most people are just giving it a pass.
0: Yeah. And and that's frankly the opposition's job, Zane, not to let this happen because it can't be like, oh, well, we said we didn't. They said we did whatever. This to me is the very heart. We talk about political cynicism. If people believe there's political interference with the work of the police and Tom's son's a police officer that undermines the police, that undermines our the foundations of our democracy. This this is not partisan. This is fundamental.
1: Oh absolutely and and when we get into the politics of the conservatives there's some something quite interesting suppose we weren't in a conservative leadership race right now we know exactly what they would be doing with this file. They'd have a guy named Pierre Poliever who would be their pit bull spending 16 hours a day attacking the government on this file. It's frankly what he does. But now that he's running for leadership, he's going to have to spread it a bit thin with all the different messages and all the different areas that he has to cover. So it is quite interesting in terms of Tom's comment around why the conservatives haven't necessarily been able to to get traction on here. When we talk about the details of it, you know, there's also this, this meta component to withholding information now because it is only recently that these notes by, uh, by Campbell were, were introduced and they were not given to the committee uh, uh, much earlier. So there is opportunity here for us to not just try to keep extending the news cycle with nothing happening things are happening on this file. In fact, there is a meta component of, uh, was there intrusion to perhaps holding these notes behind? Why were these not included initially? Why were they uh, redacted and not included as part of the, uh, the the ongoing work of the committee? So there is a real need to keep this story alive, regardless of your partisan nature, because uh, many people have written the conclusion that this is going to be Lucky's fall, not Bill Blair's fall. I'm not so sure now if if this story keeps going the direction that it is right now Bill Blair might have to be looking at at what uh, you know exit points are available for him on this file not just for the RCMP commissioner
0: lucky I could tell you've been in England. Not only are you making cogent, well argue, argued, argued <laughs> oh, points, oh well, thank you, but you use the word meta <laughs> yes. twice. So you're you're really dropping into so there's a meta a meta. People are like, I think there's enough steak on the plate that I don't need a meta steak, but okay, we got a meta component to this as well. Watch out when a scandal reaches meta component level, folks you got problems that's uh, that's the sauce on it right, let me take a break I want to talk about inflation Tim you've talked about inflation being a government killer before Uh, I want to talk about inflation is falling to 7.6 when you think that's good news and you're in the government you got problems and then I want to go to Alberta and Danielle Smith and the Alberta Sovereignty Act Jason Kenney called it nuts he might be right Inflation is at uh, 7.6%, and that's down. That's ridiculous. That's big trouble for any government, including this one. And then you've got Alberta's about to have a new premier. And will it be Danielle Smith? And here Alberta Sovereignty Act, which the current premier, Jason Kenney, has weighed in and called nuts to talk about that and what the world's about to look like mid-September when there'll be a new conservative leader, hashtag Pierre Polyev, and that's my guess, and a new premier of... um, Alberta, Danielle Smith, and inflation. Zane Velji, the War Room is back. Zane Velji, Tom Mulcair, Tim Powers. Uh, let's start with uh, Tom this time, and 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 let's let's talk if we can. Uh, I mean, inflation is inflation. We'll get to that, but I really want to talk about um, about you know what the world is going to look like in September when likely we'll have a new political leader in uh, the Conservative Party, and we'll have a new premier in Quebec. Does the political landscape in Canada, here we are sort of mid-August, change by mid-September?
2: Well, I think that Legault's got this thing, unless something very unexpected happens, because he's in very much the same position that Doug Ford was in. Ford had an almost perfect split going into the election between the Liberals and the NDP. NDP wound up uh, getting official opposition status. For him, it was a romp. He just walked through this because he held on to his essential vote. Same thing with Legault. 40% is about his number, plus or minus two, depending on who's doing the polling. He got 37.4% last time and a solid majority. This time, it's going to be even easier for him because the conservatives have have trundled into town, and the Quebec Conservative Party is polling between fifteen and twenty percent, depending on the region. So you've got this split between the Quebec Liberal Party, Dominique Anglade. She's had a rough time. She. Came in during the pandemic when Legault commanded every camera and microphone in the province, Evan. So it was easy for him. We've got Quebec Solidaire, a very hard bitten left wing party, very popular uh, in, in certain parts of Montreal, but more and more in the regions, You know, f- uh, dealing with issues like mining companies and smelters and like. The people across Quebec are saying the government doesn't listen to us in Quebec City. We want to have somebody on our side. So this very strong left leaning party is, is picking up a, a good head of steam. Parti Quebecois is pretty well in for the high jump this time. I think that they're. They're pretty well done. Uh, They might get one, perhaps two seats, but certainly no more than that. So, that split amongst the the opposition parties means that it should be relatively easy for Legault. He has dealt with inflation by giving out checks. He just posted numbers yesterday that would make any other provincial premier jealous. They said, oh, sorry, we just found that there's $4.7 billion in more revenue than than we were expecting. And this has to be vetted. This is an, uh, an obligation before every election. So, Long story short, I think you're going to still see Legault there unless something really unexpected happens. You're probably going to see Danielle Smith taking it in Alberta, which will, of course, have lots of champagne being popped in Rachel not least quarters, because I don't think that Danielle Smith can hold on to this thing for very long.
0: Well, let's talk about Danielle Smith. Uh, Zane, can you explain what the hell the Alberta Sovereignty Act is, why she's defending <laughs> it, why Jason Kenney calls it nuts, and why she's about to win?
1: Well, let's start with the last question first. I mean, the last question is is really about the fact that she's been able to mobilize. She's been able to speak to where this United Conservative base wants to be right now. And part of it is her engineering it to be there. But the other part of it is the remnants that got rid of Jason Kenney thought he wasn't conservative enough. Let's not forget that that this Jason Kenney's now the moderate in Alberta politics and anyone who remembers Jason Kenney from his federal scene, moderate was not a term used to describe Jason Kenney to be absolutely clear. So, the fact is she's met the moment, they've met her, she's their candidate and the and and that plus membership sales plus rhetoric that tries to position Alberta up against Uh, Ottawa, any chance it gets is nothing new. But the fact that now she's saying the Sovereignty Act, which would ultimately let Alberta, frankly, override any sort of federal legislation, any sort of federal laws, any sort of, you know, following of those laws, which is why we're using terms like, quote unquote, constitutional crisis here in Alberta, and printing them in our newspapers and commenting about what a a lieutenant governor might do in that situation, uh, creates a situation for Smith where she can appeal to an increasingly small but mobilized base. And I think that becomes the massive question writ large in in Canada politics, certainly Alberta politics, which is, mobilized minority versus a majority that doesn't want this thing but is showing lethargic behavior is showing the fact that they're kind of flabby about it that they don't really care are not willing to get up protest it fight against it and so are we entering an era here with alberta and perhaps Pierre poliev at the front end of it where mobilized minorities vocal minorities can dictate the future of provinces Mm. and frankly nations
0: yeah, by the way, uh, when you say lieutenant governor, we say that. You say my mother-in-law. I just want people to know that. Right. Which yes, is, that is, that is which what is, I say. Right, because yes. that is true. That is your mother-in-law. So I just like when you say, I mean, everyone's wondering Thank what the you. lieutenant governor
1: Who knows? Who knows what, what she's Who talking knows about? What she talk Who knows about? Which knows? is
0: nice. Which is, I just want people. We're disclosing all these things because yes, that's. Yes, I should have disclosed. But them. but let's go thirty thousand feet, Tim. Um, where where you got Leggo? I because I spoke to a senior minister the other day in the um, Ontario government, and I was and who used to you know had uh, knows the federal party well, and they were very open, saying, "Look, we chose a different path in Ontario. We got a massive majority. We're pragmatic conservatives, but." Um, You know, we we, we got rid of these anti-vaxxers in our party. We are tacking down the middle and we've got a bigger majority. Uh, That's going to happen in Quebec as well as Tom Mulcair. And yet you've got Alberta that looks like it's going to tack it significantly to the populist right under Danielle in ways that don't make any legal or logical sense to me. And then I don't know what your sense is on about Pierre Polyev if he does end up winning it. But what's the world going to look like in four weeks?
3: Well, a lot of angry people will be driving the trucks, but where are they going to drive them? Uh, are they going to blockade yeah. Ottawa again <laughs> as the Sovereignty Act would ha- would have you do? I mean, look, you can mobilize that anger, as Zane is well described, to get yourself elected. But what do you do next? I mean, it's been fascinating for me. Now, I've been in the bowels of, of Twitter. I haven't been quite on the holiday you've been on, but I've not been paying attention over the last little while. But my goodness, it seems Pierre Paulyet right now is awful quiet, and he's probably doing that for a number of reasons, including not wanting to... Uh, get himself in, in any particular pickle as votes are coming in, but maybe it's the beginning of a change going forward. I don't know if it's necessarily that, but you know, suddenly uh, on September 11th and onward, Pierre Polyev's going to have to talk about a health care crisis. Well, if he talks about getting where, rid of the gatekeepers there, he's going to be into a debate around privatization. So, does that mm, make be done yeah, differently? Yeah. Right. So, I think they're going to win, as you say, Smith and, and Pierre. Um, the goes a different kettle of fish, as Tom's pointed out. He's. He's he's older, he's got better governance experience, Um, he's had one or two kooky things, but generally he's been a good administrator and been successful that way. So Danielle Pierre and others who are driving Anger are going to have to find out whether they're parking the vehicle or retrofitting it, uh, probably not an EV, mind you, uh, to go wherever they need to go to become victorious and stay in power.
1: You know, in in a sense, you know, Pierre provided a bit of a preview for what Danielle could do as a political strategy. And I feel like Danielle, should she win, Smith, that is here in Alberta, could provide Pierre a bit of a preview in terms of what happens if you can't keep a coalition together, or if that coalition isn't large enough. And and the real sort of ramifications in Alberta, and when Tom says, it doesn't know if Danielle can hold this together, that means two things. Number one, can she win the next election? But perhaps more importantly, and, and certainly first is, can she keep this party together? And so yeah. there's a bit of a preview element for Pierre in terms of Danielle's ability to make the tent broader, to you know, calm down the rhetoric, to actually sound reasonable. Uh, and what happens when you can't do that and your runway is, is short, not long, like, unlike Pierre's?
0: Yeah, Tom, last word. I got about a minute.
2: We are in interesting times. We haven't faced something as important for the average voter as this level of inflation for a whole long time. And what's fascinating is we're talking about sovereignty in Alberta. We're talking about language in Quebec. Boy, that's novel because there's, the numbers out of stats can today, of course, are going to play right into Lego's hands with regard to the, the dropping of the number of people who use French at home, which is a serious concern here. So you can see that if, if somebody's smart, they're going to be able to pick up the pieces around inflation. And credit where credit is due, poilievre was first in. On the subject yeah, of inflation, he got roundly beaten up and he was pushing hard against Trudeau. Then he got into well, his leadership campaign. I think he's going to ride that hobby horse all the way to the next election. And I do think it's a, it's a pocket book issue that has no left or right to it.
0: Yeah, it's just I, the I, average
2: he, Canadian voter.
0: I, I think that's the main hope. I mean, the old Clinton era, it's the economy, yes. stupid. I yes. think for the right in, 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 in the U.S. now, it's the culture war, stupid. I think that's a huge mistake if Canadians follow that. It is the economy. Uh, Zane. Zane. Tim, Tom, merci, thank you. We got to take a break. We'll be right back.